This, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The Hop Nerd Podcast is brought to you by Hop University. At Hop University, we cut the bullshit out of human and organizational performance training. We were born out of necessity. We hear it all the time. Human and organizational performance courses are expensive and hard to find. Safety classes put me to sleep. Help. So we did. We offer on-demand, high-quality online courses in human and organizational performance, safety, and leadership, all led by seasoned safety and hot practitioners. No need to schedule time for that conference. No need to track down the latest guru. And no stuffy classroom required. Join us today at hopuniversity.org. That's H-O-P university.org. Howdy, everybody. It is Sam Goodman, the Hop Nerd, bringing you another episode of the Hop Nerd Podcast. How are you doing today? I hope you are doing excellent wherever you find yourself in this weird, wacky, and wonky world. Before we get too much farther into this thing, make sure you head over to the website, www.thehopnerd.com. Follow along on all things social media at The Hop Nerd, except for Twitter, because it is super duper special. It is The Hop Nerd 1. Send us an email to sam at thehopnerd.com or thehopnerd at gmail.com. Slide into the DMs. Send us an email, shoot us a text, give us a call on that handy-dandy phone number down below as well. I appreciate it. Like, subscribe, do whatever you have to do to show us some love. We always appreciate it. It helps us keep the lights on around here and keep this thing going. So, again, like, subscribe, share, do all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, today is awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited to share this one with you because today we have the amazing the awesome, hashtag, super fun guy, Jason Lucas. Jason Jason is just absolutely amazing. The last time that I got to podcast with Jason uh, was with Jason and Jason. So Jason Lucas and Jason Maldonado when we were at Safety Focus 2020 back in Las Vegas. Uh, and most of you have probably heard that one, which was awesome. But now I got them separated. So we just had on Jason Maldonado a little bit ago, and that was a two-parter. So Jason Lucas is not going to be any different. We went on and on and on because that's what happens when we get together. So this is part one of a two-parter. Here we go. Sam and Jason hanging out. Apocalypse. I like that. That's, uh, you know, that's that, uh, just speaking on that for just a minute. You know, one of the things that I'm, I'm trying to, to avoid and I'm trying to prevent other people from saying is, is that whole, this is the new normal. I don't want it to be normal. No. You know, I, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want the idea. You know, we, my wife found a, uh, a bed for my mother-in-law on Facebook marketplace we went and drove and picked it up and uh, for, and, you know, it was normally you have that handshake when you meet somebody new and, you know, I, I show up and we're both kind of trying to figure out how we're going to greet one another, the, right. the man and I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, and he's like, man, I'd shake your hand, but uh, here's the bed. It's in here. You know, and they're, I'm like, yeah, no, no, it's, it's cool. And I was just like, I don't want this to be normal. I don't know. Yeah, well, and especially something like that because greetings, and then uh, it's it's interesting because you bring up you know you're purchasing something. A handshake means a lot to somebody like yeah. I, grew up, I grew up where a handshake was very meaningful. That's your word, right? Yeah. You're shaking somebody's hand that that's sealing that's sealing something there, uh, and you, yeah. you you know what I mean. So that's it's a really important thing. I see like the elbow bumps happening. I'm like I can't do it. 
I just I can't yeah. do the thing. Sorry. They, they, I, if they stick it out, I'll do it just because I'm a kind person. Right. Yeah. I'm not just gonna leave somebody. I would leave five <laughs> hanging. Yeah. So I'm not gonna leave an elbow bump hanging either. Well, it's, I think it's funny too because there's this. Uh, you go to the grocery store and nobody knows how to react. If you like, it's like it's like dun dun dun. You meet somebody in the aisle, right? And then yeah. you kind of do. I, I call it the COVID shuffle, where you kind of like shuffle around each other. To oh yeah. To, to keep, keep and, and, and I've never held my breath in public. I do. I don't. I don't even have a choice. I don't even. You don't even think about it, but you start no, you're to just, somebody, and you're like, <laughs> "Okay, weird. I'm best. I can." And, it's, and it's just it's, it's so, weird. so weird, right? I'm, I'm totally with you. I don't. Uh, I couldn't imagine this being the new normal at all. I, I, uh, uh, I don't. I don't even know what it's, I don't have words to say how strongly I oppose this being the. the yeah, the, it, the it's new just. Normal. It, it's so it's so weird, and you know, even you know, it's funny. I, my wife calls me a hugger, and she she used to joke about she needs to get a uh, a medical alert bracelet that says you know she she's not a hugger. Um, but you know, you go to you go to church and you change you know you, you change your hugs already to side hugs at yeah. church because it's church hugs, right, right. You know, and now you can't even do those if you were to be able to go to church if you're not doing it all online now. Um, but yeah, it's just a, it's just a weird, it's just a weird. I, I was having that conversation with some folks at a, uh, at one of our sites the other day. And uh, we were talking about that. I, I, we just kind of communicate because um, during my, in my day job, I'm really close with all the people that I work with. We're, we're a little family, yeah. uh, we're a really large family really now. Um, but that's what we're talking about. Cause we're all the same. Like it's weird. And we're all huggers. We're all handshakers. You see somebody you haven't seen in a while, you hug them. Like it's at work, it's wherever, right? You yeah, yeah. And now it's like, hey, listen, I know like I had to come in and do some stuff. I need to talk to you. Well, I'm going to call you from my office down the hall, and that way we can maintain their distance. I'm like, no. <laughs> this yeah, is not going to no, work for very long. <laughs> yeah, even even my wife is like, I'm, you know, I'll I'll hug people after this just to <laughs> like, just to get back to normal. She, nah. Like. So she'll take her medical alert bracelet off. When I, I should have used the opportunity when we had it. <laughs> What's that, babe? Yeah. She, just, she goes, are you talking about my warning bracelet? Do not. Like, yeah. Well, it was funny because I was mentioning that, and I'll, I'll – uh, I'll, I'll uh, I'll pick on her a little bit. I was uh, I was mentioning an episode with uh, with with Patty, my friend Patty Kafferman. She's a hop consultant. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. For for their company that we work in, you know, in her day jobs, and uh, that's what what uh, she is the she's anti hug, right? She's very like anti hug, and so we were teaching this course to this whole group of of our teammates, right, of other safety folks, and then it started like this little thing is is whispers like, make sure when you're done with the course, everybody hugs Patty. Oh so no! Like, she just standing there like, leave me alone. <laughs> she got like twenty hugs row. It was like the That's worst. Awful. But you know, at least now you know we we kind of you know we we filled up her hug reservoirs so she can last. Yeah, through, through yeah. She'll, she'll make it. She'll make it through the apocalypse. She'll <laughs> right. make it through the apocalypse. And that's that's the funny. You know, it, it, I was joking around with with uh, Redbeard the other day about we were we were having this dad joke battle on. I was watching. I seen that. <laughs> and uh, he said one that was just so face palm. I mean, it was, and I was like, man, if I could use that emoji, if it was still, if it wasn't outlaw, <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd use it right now. And, and but that's you know, I was talking. We were talking on our podcast the other day about just differences. It's just weird because you go back 
you watch old movies and, uh, you know, even movies two years ago, three years ago, and uh, you got plenty of time to watch them now. But when right. you watch them, you're, you watch them differently. You're like, why are they so close? Like, why are they, man, get out of each other's faces. What are y'all doing? Do y'all know? Do y'all not know <laughs> what's coming? <laughs> Well, and I think there's something to that, right? I, I, I know that's a lot of the folks that I talk to when when I ask them those questions and I say, well, what, what do you really miss about kind of our normal life? And a lot of it comes back to that in some form or fashion is I miss the closeness that we used to have with people. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of being squirreled away in the house. I'm tired. Yeah. Of, I, I miss community. I miss being in those groups with folks. I miss being able to just even go to Walmart and stand shoulder to shoulder with people I don't know, just, yeah. to, just to be around people. I, I miss that. You know, I, I think it, it's it's strange because you see, you can tell an introvert versus an extrovert very quickly, mm-hmm. right? um, especially those that are working at home right now. You can tell real quickly by if they're like, see, I told you this whole time I could be working from home. See, I told <laughs> so moving forward, I'm going to be working from home. That's the introvert. Right. The expert is like, you know, I can work from home, but man, I can't wait to get back to the office because, you know, the, that's a lot of the, the socializing is, is done in offices now. It's not done, you know. Right. Uh, it, it's so, so much of your, and especially if you, if you work for, uh, I, I brag all the time, uh, my, the employer that I work for shall remain nameless. If people want to find it out, they can, right? They can always go find out who I work for. Yeah. Uh, but I always brag about that because I feel like it, especially in an in, hour. In our organization, I feel like it's a family, right? So it feels yeah. like a second family. So you miss them almost as much as you miss your family, right? It's, it's oh, an yeah. interesting thing because you do, you spend eight, 10, sometimes 14, 18 hours a day <laughs> yeah. with them. You know? Yeah. No, all of a sudden it, it, you go, sorry, we're not going to see each other for three months. Yeah. It makes it, it makes it difficult, man. It's uh, and, and, and the, I think if you, I think you'd been a little bit better off if you'd have known this was kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting at work and, and I get a phone call and it's like, Hey, just heads up. You're probably going to start working from home soon. Yeah. Uh, but wait to hear it. And then it was like that evening I get a phone call. They're like, Hey, starting tomorrow, you know, as much as you can, you need to be working from the house. And, um, it was just weird because you didn't have any prep time for it. You didn't. So it's like, okay, well, I'll go pack up my, my stuff that I need and, and I'll start working yeah. from the house. Don't get me wrong. I mean, getting a breakfast bowl served to you while you're at work is 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 a phenomenal thing. There's, so, there's like some I'm, perks. There's, there's some silver lining, there's, right? There's some real. There's some real things I'm going to miss. <laughs> well, we we kind of had the similar thing, uh, you know. For me, it, it sounds like it sounds like your organization was probably pretty early adopters. Yeah. Of some of the work from home stuff too. So it was ours. Uh, we started way way back when when that was kind of the first kind of rumblings of that. They're like, okay, listen, Mm -hmm. we're all going to work from home if you're non-essential. And if you need to go out to a site, you need to go to a location. We get it. Limit that as much as you can when you're there. Here's, you know, our, our corporate entity did, did a lot of work really fast to put out some really good social distancing guidelines, what meetings should look like, what, you know, taking a lot of the guesswork out for folks. Oh yeah. Um, I, I work for, I work for a power utility. So everything has to be like, if it's not people oh, yeah. like where, where where's the where's the bullet points I need I need the rules show me it's too ingrained in them I, I can't, so they I have can't to do have this some without guidance. the rules give me the rules <laughs> can't do this without the rules you know is it, I, is I, it six what? is it six foot or is it six and a half is it five and three quarters I need to know exactly and I need to take measure tell me, me yeah exactly <laughs> we we had a uh, you know ours ours kind of just started with travel 
it was, uh-huh. it was, uh, you know, we're not, we're not going to be traveling anymore. Yeah, ours, ours too, uh, yeah. Big groups, you know, big group meetings that we were going to do, we're not doing anymore. And it just, it didn't take long for it to filter. My, mine was rough because I actually, I had some, some travel that I just scheduled, right? I would just schedule some travel, uh, with, with, within, uh, we have a, a group of safety folks that all get together on a, on a, about a quarterly basis and get all face to face and, uh, yeah. get warm and fuzzy and do the fun stuff that we like to do. We have some kind of fellowship and just get together and hang out and, and work on stuff. You know, it's just, it's just good, right? You kind of yeah. have those big team kind of get togethers. And I just booked it. I was going to go to New Mexico for it. Oh, wow. And, uh, and then like the day after, like all non-essential travel shall be canceled. I'm like, I just booked it. I literally just booked it the day before. <laughs> yeah. There's, uh, well, you know, I've got a, I've got a flight booked in, uh, in, uh, uh June to Orlando that, uh, <laughs> I'm no, that's, probably, uh that's right. I'm probably going to have to not book. So is, uh, uh, can you get into that a little bit? Can you tell folks about what's going on in Orlando? Or well, supposed I mean, to go on in Orlando? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll word it like, uh, like, uh, Jay did the other day. <laughs> Safety conference. There's a, there's there you a go. conference there. that's, uh, <laughs> it's supposed to be happening in June. Uh, I did get an email that they're probably going to roll virtual. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then it was like, and if you're, you know, you're going to get, you'll get, access to it the virtual one if we choose to go that way you'll get access to it as your as part of your registration um you know whether you're chosen to be part of the virtual group or not because i was going to be a speaker abby and i were going to be presenting um this is kind of how all this started with safety justice league was abby and i decided we were going to present um how do you basically how to utilize social media to spread a safety message and uh that was uh so we got approved, we got signed up, and so now we're just waiting, see what happens. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see where what where it goes. I mean, we, we find ourselves in a really weird and weird and wacky world where a lot of organizations, those that are uh, out doing work, those that are hosting safety conferences, those that are doing anything and, and anything and everything in between, are forced into having to adapt now. Right? We we've, we've been talking in this hot space about adaptability a lot, and people are going, oh, yeah. no, 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 adaptability is bad. And then now all of a sudden, everybody's forced to adapt. They're like, oh crap, we have to. <laughs> oh no, no, I, I think. I think it's a great thing. I think it's going to change the way we do conferences. I think it's going to change the way, um, you know, expedition halls are, are done. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many different things that all of this is going to change and it, and it, yeah. it change it for the better. I, I think that, uh, the other side is I, I think this is really shining a light on, on safety professionals as a whole. Are they, are they good safety pros? Yeah. Well, well, pay attention to what they're doing right now. That's going to be a good indicator on whether well, I th- it's good. Or- I think you hit something really good because a lot of times in, in our profession, um, we're not very we, – we've not been very good at calling out the BS yeah, a lot of times. And I, I mean I mean in general. I mean in, in practitioners and, and everything because it, it's I've, – I've seen this. You've seen this. If you've been around this profession – for more than a week, you've, you've probably met a not so great safety professional or it's also oh, yeah. safe, a safety person. I won't call them a professional. <laughs> Let's say you, you've met a not so great safety, safety person. Yeah. You go, How in the heck did you, but they're going, they're saying the right things. Oh, right? sure. They're, they're, they're saying the right things and they're speaking so safety ease. Exactly. Right. So yeah. it's, it's going to be interesting to see 
how everything shakes out. I think a, a thing that's been really interesting for me that I've been talking a lot about with folks is I think in, in, in our general society and then also in our organizations, I think a lot of this situation is really shining the light on a lot of rules that probably don't make sense that much anymore. Yeah. We're starting yeah. to see the stuff that's not really necessary, I think. And I think it'd be yeah. interesting to see how the regulators adapt to that if, if they do. Because I, even I, the, the example that I joke about all the time is, you know, uh, in Arizona, you can, you can go and you can pick up, you can go to, to, uh, to a local craft brewer right now, uh, or you can go to your local bar and you can get an order of wings to go and you can get a margarita to go right now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's a really wild, wacky example, but yeah. we're seeing the same kind of rules uh, in organizations go, you know what, these rules, now that we're in this weird new world, do they even make sense when we're out of it? Yeah. And that's, that's the thing, you know, like a lot of companies, what they've done is, is, you know, all this training and safety, you know, the, the, the check the box training is what I call it. Yeah. Like we have to have this done every year. So uh, this month we're going to cover this. You know, a lot of companies have backed off of that training uh, through through this. So, like, okay, let's not stress out our workers anymore. We'll right. get back. We'll catch up afterwards. Um, and, and you know, I think you were talking about rules a little bit earlier, and there was a post that you posted a while back that that really struck me, and I, I got to talk about it because I, I so much I had so much agreement with the post. And what it was was you were you're really hyping on these the cardinal rules. You were really striking back against those those yeah. quote unquote life saving rules, the ones that are that are automatic termination rules. And and you you know what you were saying that I hundred percent agree with is go ahead and add termination to the list of potential things, and guess what? It will never be reported. Right. You're you're never going to hear a failure. You're never going to hear you know. So basically, it's only going to be when somebody gets caught. Mm-hmm is when they're going to, they're going to fail is there, you know, that's the only time it's getting reported is right. if it catches them. And if it's the safety person that catches them, now you've effectively made that safety professional, a safety cop. Yeah. Want to be now they're forced because if somebody saw them see that, guess what? Mm-hmm. Well, so and let's, their let's, hands are tied. And yeah, we, we could, let's dive into that a little bit because I think it's really interesting because I, You've probably found yourself in a similar situation, right? Where you go out. I've worked for organizations that have those cardinal rules, right? Oh, yeah. In the past. And I go out and I'm, I'm, you know, you go out as a safety person, you go out to learn. To me, I kind of go out as in this mode to kind of, I want to learn how work actually happens. Because if I can learn how work actually happens, we can actually start to work on some stuff. We're not pretending like that back to the black line, blue line stuff and, yeah. you know, back to procedures rules. We're not pretending like that's the actual reality. I'm going to go out and actually see what reality is so I can be useful to these folks. Right. Sure. Um, but so you go out and you see something that's on that cardinal rule list and I'm like, come here, let's fix this. Right. No. Yeah. And you got to look around. Yeah. You got to make sure. Whoa. Is somebody like, dude, like, listen, you can't do that. They'll they'll, they'll seriously fire you for that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And that's, and it shouldn't be like that. Right. It it shouldn't be like that as a safety professional where not only is that person's job on the line to try to learn and fix something, but now as a safety professional, you're put in a position too, as you just mentioned, of kind of the same. Right. Where it's like, well, am I going to lose my job if I don't? I can be right. I I can I can be the 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 teacher, the coach, the the good person, or I can be the bad guy. And the from from a lot of companies' perspective, they expect you to be the bad guy. Yeah, right? and that's that's always why I've really pushed back against um, uh, safety 
the safety department giving discipline of any sort. It, yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm a big fan of of advising operations on my thought. Sure, uh, but but being a, an issuer of it, it just it's never gonna it's no. never gonna work because there's, there's going to be such a lack of trust between you and the workers immediately when you become the disciplinarian. I can, I completely agree with you. Um, I can't think of a situation and I, I'm right there with you. I, th- I think it's one of those things where uh, I think we should have a seat at the table to speak sanity, sure. to have, to, yeah. be able, to be able to insert sanity. Uh, a lot of times I find um, that safety professionals, hot practitioners, as folks end up being the voice of context in those situations. Yeah. Go, Wait a second. I get to you. You see, it looks black and white, but let's go back and try to understand how work actually happens. Yeah. And figure out the context around that. And I think you'll see that this wasn't the thing where this person chose to do X, Y, Z. Well, even uh, if, even if the safety person is there just to tell, just to give the worker an opportunity to share their side of it. Yeah. Sometimes I can make all the difference because that's what I do a lot of the time when I'm in these, these active investigations and mm-hmm. dis hearings and things like that is I'm just the guy that's like, Hey, real quick, let, let just let's clarify from start to finish, tell me about the day and, yeah. and give them an opportunity to share some of the struggles that we may not know about because it's not black and white. Right. Maybe they're going to share that, that gray area. And what I think that, comp- you know, there's, there are a lot of companies that have these, um, they have these rules, but they, they've, they've done it differently. And it, what they do is they find what their biggest issues are and those become their focus issues you see what i'm saying and if an incident occurs that has like say okay say for example a company has uh 80 of their incidents are backing okay immediately backing becomes we're gonna we're gonna take this a few steps forward a few steps further than we would just a normal incident so we're gonna have a a, a whole new meeting you know what i mean a different meeting and it's not a disciplinary meeting it's a, it's a, let's get more information and find out how we possibly had the yeah. incident when we've had so much focus on it. Yeah. And that's, that's where what I see a lot of organizations do, um, that, that especially those that start down this, this kind of human organizational performance path or safety differently, or just trying to do things a little bit better. They, it's, it's, it's what you said. It's, it's still trying to get back and figure out how things normally happen. I think in, in normal work is where you find the answers because sure. usually even, even, even organizations have a rash of those incidents. Most organizations have gotten so good at prevention that most of those are those back, backing is a good is a good example. If you have ten backing events, they're all still unrelated and different and weird and unique oh, yeah. situations. So they often go out and they start like a learning team model or an employee listening oh, model yeah. or something where you can go out and say, "Okay, you guys do this. You drive the trucks, right?" Uh, and so. I, I was, uh, I listened to Todd Conklin speak a while back. He'd come out and hung out with us in Arizona for a week, a while back. And he, he said something so brilliant. It just, it's one of those moments where your head kind of goes, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, as those kind of guys are known for. Um, but the question was asked to him, um, well, we, you know, we give people these nice trucks. And we give them driver training, uh, and we expect that they take care of them and they still hit stuff. And his response was, well, this was in and around line crews. He said, do you hire linemen or do you want professional drivers? Because you're not going to get both. And it's one of those things where you go, boom, right? Your your head kind of explodes and you're like, exactly. Right. So do, do we, do we want professional drivers or do we want linemen? Right. I I think we, we have to understand that there's a difference there. Sure. Um, 
but it's, it's, it's super interesting because then you can take those groups and you can ask them what, what's the struggle in, I like to call it the suck, right? What's, yeah. what's the suck in your normal work? What's the struggle? Where's the issues? And usually when you actually get that group of folks together that actually drive those trucks or, or back into the stuff with fork trucks or hit stuff with whatever, uh, just kind of staying on a driving kind of path here, <laughs> they go, well, there's this and there's this and there's that and there's this. And it's all this stuff where we go, I didn't, I could have never thought about all that stuff because I, I just yeah. don't do it. And then when you, when you insert the honesty element, when you develop some honesty in your organization, that's when you really like it because then they're going to go. And if you think that's bad, let me show you where I almost died last week. No, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The and hard part for organizations though is most before they kind of understand that that stuff is, is so important. It's scary. So they go, no, yeah. no, 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 bad, 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 bad stuff. But you yeah. want to be able to have those I almost died conversations. That's yeah, how we're learning it better. That's the thing. You know, we, we've, we've been pushing in the safety industry. We've been pushing this reporting of near misses for so long. And I don't, I, I still don't think that our workers have a true understanding of what that's about. And, you know, because I, a company I used to work for, we gave them these, these, um, BBSO cards. We gave them, uh, stop cards, care cards, how, mm-hmm. whatever you call it, where they would just, if something happened, they would report it and, and, names we didn't even have a place to put a name on there right. we did on purpose we don't want to know who we just want to know what the as soon as those that, those books got issued every one of them got put in a locker got put somewhere else and, and I said so what, what's going on I, I'm not seeing any results and they're like I'm, I'm not filling out a snitch card right. <laughs> and, right. Right. And, and I was like Oh, okay. Okay. It's a snitch card. That That's what, well, I mean, that's all we're doing. We're snitching on our coworkers. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, we have a, we have a misunderstanding about the intention of these and I haven't explained it clearly enough, you know? And, and so I, we went back and did some, some further discussions about, about what the intention of those cards were, um, and increase, but you know, still it, people, our, our workers in America don't have a true understanding of, of what the intention near miss is. Right. And I think it's interesting because it's most organizations don't do a really good job of defining near misses. I, I see, I see some, I see some of them get yeah. down the path of trying to overdefine them and trying to really classify near miss versus good catch type of stuff. Sure. And it, it's still the same thing, right? They're ultimately the same thing. Yeah. Um, and so in, in really not capitalizing on the opportunity to learn from those events. And then what happens is they'll get one of those. And they react poorly. Yes. Right? And that's, and that's where, it. yeah. And that's, you know, I, it, I've had, I've had past uh, general managers and past uh, operational people that when I send in my near miss report to, to them, they're like, well, what branch was that in? What well, it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. it was in. Well, was it one of mine? Again, it doesn't matter if it was one of yours. It happened in our company. Right. This near miss occurred in our company. Well, no, I, mean, I need to focus on, no, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Let's focus on the problem as right. a whole instead of focusing on the person that had this problem or the branch that had this problem or the service line that had this problem. You know, yeah. it's so easy to, to try to move into that fix the person thing. Oh, sure. Or organizations yeah. like that. And it's because it's easy, right? That's ultimately oh, what, yeah. the, what the, what the reason behind is, is it's easy. You know, when it comes to reporting, organizations forget that ultimately all reporting is voluntary. 
Right. Yeah, I think companies forget absolutely. that they, they say, well, but we have a rule and it's the right thing to do. So the rule means it's non-voluntary. It's still voluntary. Working for yeah. you is voluntary, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, all that stuff is voluntary. Uh, and I think when you approach, when you approach it from the understanding that all reporting is voluntary and it's the company's obligation, it's the company's responsibility to create an environment to where honesty is possible. Yes. And it really flips a lot of that on his head because a lot of times companies go out and say, well, you should trust us. You should trust us. You should trust us. And then somebody reports something and they go, why the heck did you do? You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. Get out of here. And so I think yeah. when, when I describe it to organizations like that, when you, when you really get it through to folks that number one, it's all, it's all reporting is voluntary. Number two, it's your responsibility as a company to make sure that reporting is possible, that honesty is possible. Forget yeah. about trust. Trust is a byproduct. Let, let trust will come along if you fix the reactions and you focus yeah. on honesty. Um, but so much of reporting is making sure that you, you maximize the accessibility and you minimize the anxiety, right? You, yeah. And I, you just can't, you just can't, when you go to submit that form or drop that off, you can't be sitting there going, oh, I don't know. What's right? going to happen? Exactly. What's going to happen when I put this in? And if, and if, and if you have enough reactions long enough that say, Hey man, I really appreciate you putting in that, uh, that near miss. Here's a gift card. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. You'd be surprised what a, what a quick gift card can, can do. Yeah. For yeah. People wanting, you know, and, and the, the other side of it is, is, you know, you have to, you, that, and that's a hard thing to train that you're talking about the reaction, the, the you know, it, I, I, I grew up in, in oil and gas and the service industry side of oil and gas and OSHA recordability is the end all be all say all that what your OSHA rate is at the end of the year right. determines your success. Mm-hmm. And so the safety guy having incidents or how you case manage those incidents is really your what measures your success as a safety professional. And so getting away from uh, that industry and getting into new industries, you know, I had, I had my first social recordable out of the outside of that industry for the first time. And the response was like, well, did we do everything in our policies that say we're supposed to do? I mean, did we, did we manage the case like, like our policy state? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, we're going to learn from that. And uh, you know, let's sit down. and, And I was just like, I, I didn't even know how to handle it. As right, a, yeah. I was like, well, no, I don't think you understand. We have a recordable. It's going on our OSHA log. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I know, I know it is. I know it is, but you know, I mean, you did everything you could do. Well, and that's, that's the problem with, with that metric is, is we've seen that as a really nice, easy, linear way to kind of measure success of organizations. And I'm right there with you. I grew up, I grew up in the power contracting space. Our oh, yeah. work, our work was determined by what our incident rates were. Oh, uh, yeah. If, if you, you know, going through, uh, you know, going through different contractor vetting programs, very well known ones that are out there, you know, oh, that you, 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 right, you had to have a certain, be at a certain industry, industry rate, you know, or certain TRR for your, your industry. Uh, and then, yeah, it was, it's check boxes and case management. And again, organizations just get really good, right? Really, really good, uh, at, at managing those numbers and by necessity, Safety professionals become really, really good case managers. I was sharing that on on one of the podcasts we did the other day. That was a ton of fun for me, if you can't tell. That was awesome. You know how I do these things. There's not a great place to cut these, so I just cut it. You know, I I cut them where I can. That's what I did. I'm sorry if if it sounds bad. Sorry, please, please forgive me. But it's awesome either way, right? So make sure you tune in for part 
2. That'll be coming out in a couple days, so make sure you keep an eye out for that. It's it's always fun to have anyone from the Safety Justice League on, so make sure you're checking those folks out. Uh, if you're not following along with them, what are you doing with your life? You totally should be. So make sure you go check out Safety Justice League. Make sure you go follow along with Jason. Uh, subscribe, like, all that kind of stuff wherever you find him. It's definitely, definitely worth it. He puts out some amazing stuff. That's all I've really got for you today. So keep an eye out for part two. And until next time, it is Sam Goodman, the Hop Nerd, signing off. Bye, everybody. Bye. (laughs) 